Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here on Friday morning. Uh, today, I believe, is March the 29th, 2019. This is part three of our righteousness teaching sessions that we're having here. If you live anywhere near Atlanta, Queen City, Texas, Texarkana, uh, Shreveport, is only about an hour away. We'd love to have you on Friday mornings. 9 a.m. Central Time every Friday for this Bible study. Uh, The reason we're studying righteousness, other than the main reason God told me to teach it, is uh, I feel like the Lord wants us to share the, the truth about righteousness because it plays a part in our everyday life. It's what He declared you when He saved you. He declared you as righteous. And if you have any fruit in your life that God recognizes, it is the fruits of righteousness. And you have to know how to, how to live, how to live for God, how to live in victory. You have to know how God works, and that's called grace. And it, God doesn't just work in anything and everything. God only works in the truth, Psalms 33, 4 in Romans 8 and 2. So we're studying on righteousness. Again, this is uh, part three. Uh, If you just catch this going across my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, which is where we do it live every Friday morning, and you didn't get all of it or you uh, just saw it and you didn't get to watch it well, you can go back to our YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, where all the, everything we do at Crossway Church is uploaded to that YouTube channel. So I encourage you to go there and avail yourself to the truth of, of God's Word that's coming out in these last days that is pretty much refuting everything for the last 1,500 years outside of justification by faith, all the psychological, legalistic, religion, all the things men have brought into the church to try to make work as far as living for God. How do I live for God? How do I turn the other cheek? How do I go the extra mile? How do I live for God when I don't feel like living for God? How do I get victory over those things the preacher's telling me I need to go see a psychologist or a a, a doctor about. I'm talking about sinful issues. I'm not talking about the common cold. I'm talking about issues I can't seem to break out of. I'm trapped. Fear's got me. I I don't want to live my whole life in fear. I don't want everything uh, to be done out of fear in my life. I don't want it to be done out of any sin. I don't want to live in sin. So how do I get victory over sin? And this teaching will explain that to you. And that's something that in the last 1,500 years, the church has not known. If it has, it's been a speck here and a speck there. But I'm talking about 99.999999% have not known how, not what to do, but how to live for God. And so this teaching will help you understand that. And uh, we will begin today in this uh, session three in Hebrews 11.4. But before we do, let's ask the Lord to help us, to give us the understanding we need today. He does that through the Word. He offers us His Word, but we have to accept His Word. We have to believe His Word, not just from, an, I'm agreeing with you, Pastor Curtis, but no, I'm agreeing with you, God. I'm accepting what you're saying in my heart. 
Amen. So let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the word of the Lord, for the spirit of the Lord that will teach us, that can impart and deposit your word into our hearts if he can find faith. A heart that will just believe what you've said is true in the context in which you've said it. Lord, I pray for that daily bread today. I pray that you would fill our cups, fill our bowls, Lord God, that you would fill us with that knowledge of Christ for it is the knowledge of Him we must grow in and and the grace of our Lord Jesus that we must grow in. So bless us with that which will strengthen us and instruct us and comfort us and edify us and give us that wisdom that we need to run this race one more day and to help us be a better witness unto You and a greater testimony to all that we know on this earth. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. So Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4, we talked last week a little bit about Abel, but I want to talk a little bit more about him today, focusing uh, on him first this morning. And the Bible says there in Hebrews 11 4, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. And, you know, the Bible says in, in that Cain killed his brother because he was evil. Well, how did Cain know he was evil? He didn't think he was evil. But, but the Bible says Cain killed his brother because his works were evil, is what it says. Well, see, and it pretty much confirms what I brought about as, as an ideal last week that maybe fire didn't just fall from heaven on the sacrifice. I know it could have, but it might not have. But God, here the Bible says, God testifying of Abel's gifts, and I believe that means that he gave him his peace. He, he had the fruit of that, the way he lived. Because when your faith is in what God offers, then you can live to some degree based on that promise. You can have that relationship with God. You can have that fellowship with God. But if you don't have a relationship with God and you don't have fellowship with God, then you're going to do the evil things. You're going, your works are going to be evil. And that's the importance of teaching on righteousness because our works are either works of righteousness with the fruit of righteousness or they're evil works. And there's no in-between. There's no nothing. In God's eyes, the way He sees it, even His children, even us Christians, our works are that of Him working, which is... Uh, works of righteousness that bring about the fruits of His righteousness, or they're evil. Even the, the messages we preach, if we use God's Word, that is not evil, but we use it pointing to you must do something to get victory instead of believe what Jesus has done, that is evil because that, ta that speaks of not his righteousness, but self-righteousness. We did it for years in, in, in ignorance, but God gave us mercy because we were doing that in ignorance. But there are many today who are not doing it in ignorance. They're doing it with a rebellious heart. 
They've been told, they've been shared the Scriptures concerning Christ and Him crucified. They've listened behind the scenes, didn't want anybody to know, and others have been uh, ministered to face to face and show, and they still reject this as being the truth in which God functions in. And as long as you're doing that, then the wrath of God is going to be revealed from heaven against your ungodliness and your unrighteousness, Romans 1.18, because there's no way for you to, if you're rebelling against the message of the cross, then there's no way for you to experience the fruits of righteousness. Listen to this verse. I just wrote it down right before I walked in the, in the studio this morning. Psalms 140. 17. This is a good one. The Lord is righteous. Who is that? That's Jesus. He's our Lord of righteousness. Watch this now. The Lord let me read it again. The Lord, I'm excited this morning about this one verse right here. The Lord is righteousness in all his the Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. He is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. That means everything He does is righteous. And everything He does that is righteous has the fruit of holiness. That's, that's Psalms 145.17. The Lord is righteous in all His ways. That's why He cannot lead you outside of the path of righteousness. That would be some other way that God doesn't work in. All His ways, see how this all ties together with all Psalms 33, 4. And Proverbs 12, 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Without truth, there can be no righteousness revealed. But when we talk about truth, we talk about our Lord. Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is our righteousness. But only what He did at Calvary ushers us, ushers to us, imparts unto us that which we need. Number one, the moment you were born again, He said, you're righteous, Gladys. You're righteous now, not because of a work you did, but because you believe in the work I did in my son at Calvary. But after we're born again, and this is what the church has not known, emphatically, concretely, absolutely has not known for 1,500 years, that that same faith that got you in, that declared you righteousness, is still the only thing and the only avenue that God declares His righteousness through. Not just you being righteous, but the experience of that righteousness, daily fruits of righteousness, which means the daily fruit of His working in your life, which He only does when your faith is in the truth. You understand? And we can't talk about this too much. We, we can't say it enough <coughs> that the only work that is righteous to God is the work of Christ at Calvary. Yeah. Well, what about my works? Uh, Brother Curtis, no, you don't have any works unless it's His work happening, taking place in you. It's God who both wills... What's the Scripture say there? It is God who is working in me both to will and to do of His good pleasure. If it's not God the Holy Spirit working in me and through me, then it is just my work, and just my work is just my righteousness. That means anything my faith is in outside of the cross, willpower, or anything 
God didn't give me a supernatural willpower when I got saved. That's not biblical. God gave me His Spirit. God gave me a new heart. God gave me the mind of Christ. God, But God, no matter what He gave me, they all function only through, by grace through faith. And grace is what God did at Calvary. And when you say, no, brother, grace is what God also does today, absolutely, but only through your faith in what God did at Calvary. Only through your faith. That's the only avenue of grace. So I want you to think about those things. That proper faith is in the Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. But remember Proverbs 8 and 8. All God's words are in righteousness. So when I hear properly in righteous in righteousness when I, and that means through faith in the cross or my faith is not in the written word of God then faith can come and when faith comes we like to say around here faith overcomes what does it overcome everything that's hindering me from bearing the righteous fruits of Christ because I need for me to be seen as a witness unto God and uh, a testimony unto men uh, in this life that I've been given to show forth my Lord, uh, to testify of Him, I'm going to have to have the fruits of His righteousness. Not just that I go to that church over there. Not just that I read, do this and that. No, I'm going to have to have His fruits. That means He's got to be at work. And if my faith is not in the cross alone, He's not at work. It's just me. The Lord was impressing on my heart, how, showing me this morning how sad it is for so many people, how many people do you know that go to church every week, but they don't do anything ministerially outside of those four walls? They don't do anything. If it doesn't take place in that building, they, they have nothing going on. And they can't. Because, well, I guess they could, but it... But you know, if all you've got going on is in your four walls, that's proof the gospel's not there. Because the gospel won't let you just stay inside four walls. You've got to go. You've got to take it. It's got to be more than just what's going on in that building. If that's all you've got going on, then there's a problem with your hearing or there's a problem with him, whoever him or she is, who they're not delivering the gospel. There's a problem somewhere. So... But the fruit is righteousness. So if, if, if the faith is proper, then the works are proper. And if the works are proper, then the fruit is proper. And it's all tied to righteousness because faith comes by hearing God's Word in its righteous context. And then the works are the works of the Holy Spirit. And remember what we read in Psalms 145.17, the Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. He's not doing a work that's not a righteous work. He's not doing a work that's not a righteous work. Amen. The work that he, the, the Bible promises He will perform and He will uh, continue until He comes to get us is a righteous work. That means our faith has to be in the cross or He can't do the righteous work. Because righteous work has righteous fruit. And righteous fruits can't take place unless it's a righteous work. And a righteous work can't take place unless my faith is proper that allows God to work in me. Now this is kindergarten. This is simple. But it has to be heard. And most Christians, well, first of all, most Christians don't even... 
They don't really care about what the Bible says these days as long as they go and do their religious duty by being in a building somewhere on a Sunday morning, Wednesday night, whatever. And they don't really know that's how they're living, but they are just, they're, un, they're living by law. They're living by works. So hope God's satisfied and pleased with me. I, I went to church again this week and that kind of things. And that's just them. So, and that's a sad thing. Uh, but, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And we mentioned last week, it, this doesn't mean that, that, that Cain had an uh, excellent sacrifice, but Cain's was more excellent. This means that Cain's wasn't accepted. And you read your Bible, you'll find that out. By which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Now think about that. If, if Abel received witness of God that he was righteous, that had to be an inner work to some degree. That had to be an inner work because even under the old covenant, even though they didn't have a constant, everyday, abiding spirit of God because God couldn't do that under the Old Testament uh, because Christ had not come and you can... See the proof of that in John chapter 7. Until Jesus was glorified, they couldn't have an, a, a permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But this had to be an inner witness. That's where God bears witness in our hearts. And, and what he, he obtained witness that He was righteous. God testifying of His gifts. And by it, He being dead, yet speak. See... I don't care who you are, if you live a life where the Lord leads you and you have the fruits of His righteousness, your faith is in the cross, that faith speaks after you're gone. And that, that see, and we and we heard Brother Cornell this past weekend talk about how through the years the church has passed on uh, certain things, but they've not passed on the truth of the gospel. They've not passed that on. And we've lost that. And, uh, and if we want to look now in Genesis chapter 7, verse 1, we'll move to Noah. We're, we're looking in the Old Covenant this morning, and we're talking about right, being righteous before God, having de been declared righteous by God. Genesis chapter 7, verse 1, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come you and all your house into the ark, because you... Have I seen righteous before me in this generation? What did God see? Did, did, did Noah comb his hair just right? Did Noah, did Noah uh, uh, have, do things a certain way? No. Noah's heart was a, a, a heart that was trusting in God in the only way that God can be trusted in, and that's through the sacrifice. And I've got that written. How did God see Noah as righteous before him? And because Noah... Uh, found and accepted God's grace in the way God offers grace to men. The Bible says that. That Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And, and you and I need to, we need to understand that that means Noah found grace, which is God working. Noah found God working in his life in the way that he will work in your life. You got that? Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That means God saw Noah. His heart was toward him through the sacrifice. That is the only place that God sees you can find grace. That's it. 
Because, and let me explain it. I know you know it, but we'll hear it again today. And it's not because I'm short on things to talk about. It's because it's this important. That when Jesus gave his life for all of humanity, Hebrews 2.9 says he tasted death for all men by the grace of God. That means by what God was doing in him. The Holy Spirit led him to the cross to lay his life down as a man being led of the Spirit of God, humbly and obediently laying his life down for the sins of humanity. That's grace. And that's the only avenue of grace, not just to get you saved, but to allow you to live saved. That's why Jesus taught taught that to, to come after Him, you must deny yourself and take up your cross daily. That means keep your faith in His cross, what He did at Calvary. Because all the other hardships in life is not your cross. You better know what your cross is when the hardships come. But (coughs) taking up your cross daily is maintaining your faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary. For there alone does grace come. And unless grace is coming to my life, unless God's coming to work on my behalf, righteousness cannot come. Again, this morning, to help you, look at Galatians 2.21. You can see that only through the death of... Only through... Uh, grace does righteousness come and only through the death of Jesus does grace come. I hope you're getting this. I've, I've been uh, pointing this out here at Crossway Church quite a bit, going to it quite a bit more in the days ahead, I hope. But Paul says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. That means I do not set it aside. I do not deny God the, the right to work in my life. I'm not going to resist God. That's what he's saying. <clears throat> Because if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Now the grace of God is tied to righteousness. But it's all tied to Christ dying. Not just grace to save you on day one, but grace to keep saving you and bearing the fruits of His righteousness on day 5,001. Amen, Brother Curtis. You've got to have grace to live every day and that only takes place by faith and that faith must be in the death of Jesus. Yes, your faith must be in the death of Jesus. No, He's not still on the cross. No, He's not still on the grave. But the object of faith for you and me and all of humanity is having the grace of God He offers through the death of Jesus. Let me tell you this this morning. Jesus is our representative man and every day He was on this earth, He was focused on going to the sacrifice and giving His life. He was buried after that and now He's at the right hand of the Father. And even though we have access now through faith in His sacrifice, we have access and, and, and the possibility now Uh, to live this resurrected life if our faith is in the cross, but we're still here on the earth. Mm -hmm. He represented us, and while He was on the earth being led of the Spirit, He was headed to Calvary. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're on this earth, you must keep your faith in Calvary. There's coming a day when you will be with Him, and spiritually speaking, you're already there. 
in Christ at the right hand of the Father, but you're here too. And while you're here, you must maintain that same faith in the cross that he had the whole time he was here. When you think you're beyond the cross, then you're outside the realm in which grace can bring righteousness to your life. Even though you may have already been declared righteous by God, if you're not bringing forth, bearing forth the fruits of His righteousness daily, which is, by the way, the same thing as the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If, if it's not the fruit of righteousness, it's not the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? See how simple that is. We've separated these things. And you can't do that. And that's why this message, this teaching series is so important because righteousness is not just what you were declared initially. It's, it's your opportunity. It's the only path God leads you in. It's the only place God restores your soul. Psalms 23.3 says what? He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. There is no restoration that the church desperately needs today to be restored from all the things that is hammering away at us in this wicked world we live in. And, and, and most all churches are bound in false doctrine today, not being ugly, but they're all tied up in psychology and witchcraft and, 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 and they don't know how to live for God. And if they don't know how to live for God, that means there can be no fruits of His righteousness. Amen, Brother Curtis. And I know people turn us off and, and they get rid of us and I'm not listening to that. He thinks, he, he thinks he, they're the only ones right. We've never said that. We're not the only ones right, but thank God we are right according to Scripture. According to Scripture, not opinion, not just something I think, but according to Scripture. I thank God that, that He saved all of us for the last days for right now in this second reformation that we're in. First one being 500 years ago began by Martin Luther, God moving in him to reveal to him that we are saved, justified only through our faith alone in the blood of Jesus. That's it. Born again only by what Jesus did and our believing in that. <clears throat> and now, 20-something years ago, we entered into the second reformation where now we're learning that not only are we justified by faith in the blood alone, but that we're sanctified. We find daily the daily presence of God, provision of God, and power of God through faith in the cross alone. Because remember, everything that happens in our life as a child of God is by grace, meaning God has to be involved in doing the work through faith. That being, the faith has to be in the sacrifice of Christ because that's the only avenue by which grace comes. And remember, Psalms 145.17, The Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. That means if He is working in your life, you have the fruits that are righteous fruits unto holiness. Romans 6, 17 through 19. <clears throat> Take a note. <clears throat> the, only, the only avenue to get you to unto holiness, to the place where it's holiness. It's in your Bibles. Romans chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. 
You can't serve God unless you're serving righteousness. And you can't serve righteousness unless your faith is in that form of doctrine, which is the message of the cross, the gospel, that made you a servant of righteousness. And the Bible there in that sixth chapter of Romans tells us that as long as you yield your members instruments under righteousness, that means weapons is what the word really is, weapons under righteousness, if that's where your faith is in, that form of doctrine today that saved you 40 years ago, 4 hours ago, if that's where your faith is without adding anything else, then that is going, you're going to experience the righteous Lord working in you in all His ways are righteous and His all His works are holy. But we've got to learn how God works. You ask any Christian on the street today, how do, how, how do you live for God? How does God work? And they'll say, go to church, read your Bible, pray. They'll start telling you what to do. How do you live for God? How does God work in your life? What has to happen? In, this is where you really catch them off guard and they don't know. What, what do you, where do you have to be? How do you get God to work in your life? And they'll begin to tell you, go to church, read your Bible, and, and all these things, and God will work in your life. i got good news for us. It's bad news for some, a lot of folk. God won't work in your life because you go to church. I've seen people in church for years, every Sunday, every Wednesday night, end up in divorce, end up in horror stories. Going to church don't move God. Can I tell you this morning that prayer don't move God? So many Christians running all over the earth now saying prayer's the answer. Prayer's not the answer. The cross is the answer. Prayer's important. Going to church is important. Fasting and prayer is important. Giving of the tithes and the offerings is important. All these biblical principles, but just because you're doing them doesn't mean God will just jump in and give you grace. No, grace only comes through faith. By grace, through faith, and that being faith in the sacrifice. Yes. Because grace only comes through that avenue. And anybody disagreeing with me has to just be assuming that grace, which is God at work, that it's just floating around anywhere and I can just get God's grace for anything. No. God's grace is God doing something. It's God who saved you. We're saved by grace through faith. God saved you in what He did through His Son at Calvary. Titus, in the book of Titus says, grace teaches us. That's God teaching us. Whatever we're doing as a Christian, if it's God at work in us, it's because our faith is in the truth, the cross, or it's not God at work. It's not God at work. And that's why the Bible warns against uh, there being a form. There is a form that will deceive men. They think, that, listen, and, I, and the Lord keeps reminding me of the church in Sardis that Jesus through John sent a letter to. And he said, listen, you guys better repent. You've got a name, a reputation that you're alive, but you're dead. That's scary to me. And he, and he tells them, your works are not perfect before me. Why? Because I'm not allowed to work anymore. I, if, I was at, if I was allowed to work in your church in Sardis, your works would be that of righteous works, righteous fruit unto holiness, which represents me, not you. Not you having a name that you're alive, but that the name you exalt would be my name. 
Think about that. They had a name, a reputation. Oh, they got all these avenues of many. Oh, it's a church alive. Oh, and it's so worth a drive. Oh, they've got something for your little kids, for your teens, for the married couples, the divorced, all the, the old people. The, oh, they got something for everybody. But if they don't have the message of the cross, they don't have anything for anybody. But those ministries, man, they are, they just have this view by people who don't know the truth, which is 99% of the world today, including the church when it comes to living for God. And so we give all these uh, churches a name like they're alive. And we and we go to those churches and, and we sit there and we listen to the preachers and we leave and we say, man, that was the most awesome thing I've ever heard. And it wasn't, wasn't even in proper context. That's where the church is today. And I don't mean a few. I mean 99.9999% and greater than that. And it is that bad. I don't care what preacher says, well, Brother Curtis, it's not. Let me tell you something. It's worse than what I'm describing to you. It's worse. You say, well, you're just trying to make it so narrow. Folk can't even get... No, I'm not. I'm, all I do is preach the Word. Share the Word. And, and, I, and I go to places like funerals. And I go to every once in a while, I turn on somebody on TV. They don't have a clue. And if they're not using God's Word to point you to the cross, righteousness can't be involved. Because righteousness is not me doing right. Righteousness is God at work in my life by grace through my faith in what He did at Calvary and His works are the fruit of His righteousness. Amen. Just because I want to tag something as God don't mean God has tagged it as God. Amen. Amen, Brother Curtis. So... Because Noah found and accepted God's grace in the way God offers grace to men. That's, that's how God saw Noah as finding grace in his eyes. Now, watch this in Genesis 8.20 concerning Noah. Next chapter. And Noah building it. This is when they came off the ark. The ark stood still. It was time to exit the ark. In Genesis 8.20, And Noah built an altar unto the Lord. What did he do when he first got off? He built an altar unto the Lord, which shows where his heart was. If your heart is in tune with God, your faith is in the sacrifice. If your faith is no longer in the sacrifice, hear me and I'm not being ugly. You've been deceived. Your heart is not in tune with God. You are not walking with God. You are not in agreement with God. And if you're not in agreement with God, you can't walk with God. I'm not being ugly. I'm being biblical because He loves you and I love you. Amen, Brother Curtis. Watch this now. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Think about that. This proves where Noah's heart was. It also proves why nobody else would get on the ark. Because they were just like Cain. You don't have to do all that. God's not going to wash us away. God loves us all. Man, that's it. I'm going to tell you, and we better pay attention to Noah's day because Jesus said, when I come back, it's going to be just as in the days of Noah. And he's going to be looking for faith on the, in the earth today. And most of what's called faith today is not biblical faith. I'm going to say that again. When Jesus comes back, the Bible says he's going to be looking for faith. And he's not going to find very much because 
Almost all that is portrayed as faith today is not faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, but all God's words are in righteousness and righteousness is only revealed in the truth. Proverbs 12, 17. Write it down instead of getting mad. Truth reveals righteousness. All God's words are in righteousness. And Romans 1, 16 and 17 says that the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. But listen, from faith to faith. That means the gospel always plays a part in all faith that comes by hearing. And righteousness plays a part in legitimate faith. Because faith in God's Word, just to open the Bible and to read a verse and say I'm believing that today without faith in the cross is just you doing something on your own. But when your faith is in the cross, the Holy Spirit who pointed you to Calvary to begin with can now take you to the written Word of God and open it up concerning Christ to you because that's what it's about. It's not about getting financially rich and laying up treasures on this earth right now. It's about teaching you who your Jesus is, your King, your Lord, and you trust in Him, expressing Him daily as treasures in heaven, not on earth. I'll be 58 this year. And I thank God that, that I might not have started learning the truth and the, right, the way of God's works of righteousness till I was halfway through my 40s. And I'm not just going to you know, be sad and grieved over all those years I wasted. I'm going to be excited over until the Lord great truth and I get to experience Him daily. Put on some, I'm, I've got an experience of the Lord. No, because God in His eyes, hallelujah, through faith in the sacrifice. Noah got off that boat and everybody said, what are we going to do? What's the first thing you're going to do when you get off the boat? You know, they always say, what's the first thing you're going to do when you get there? What's the first thing you're going to do? Noah said, first thing we're going to do is build an serve God and worship God. We're going to praise God. He brought us through this flood. He saved us from that wrath He poured out on the earth. The focus was God, but the focus on God has to be through the sacrifice, which proves what I just said. All God's words are in righteousness, and the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel. Again, Romans 1, 16 and 17. So every word to be understood understood, received, and to bring faith with it has to be in the context of the gospel. Think about that. Because again, it's not just your declaration on day one as a Christian of being righteous. It's the righteous fruits that God demands you bear. It's not an option, my friend. So many folks today are living in ignorance and they don't know what we're teaching right now. Hardly any do compared to the numbers that be. There are lots of people that understand this today, but compared to the numbers that are truly born again, it's only just a, a minute speck. They don't understand this. But, but there are also many people who have they've heard this message for years, but they still refuse to live according to God's Word. They still refuse to walk in obedience. They, they still blatantly 
And this is, this is where we're at when we have heard the truth and we've listened to it for years and we still refuse to walk in agreement with God according to His Word. It's called obedience. Now, it's not just disobedience. We're mocking God. We're mocking God. We're telling God we don't believe that we should be in church. We don't believe we should be tithing and giving up. We don't believe that we should be doing these things because, you know, it's not about all. It don't take all that to get to heaven. All these excuses, we're mocking God. We're telling Him He really doesn't know what's best for me. And in that attitude, the wrath of God is being revealed upon their ungodliness and unrighteousness. Now, they don't see it. They don't know it. But we do. I said we do. We're not condemning anybody. It's not a sin to say that you can see God's wrath being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Well, who's it being revealed to? Those who have eyes to see. And the only way we see is through the blood. So, uh, Genesis 6, back up a couple chapters. In verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now that's a powerful statement. And it repented the Lord that He had made man on the earth, and it grieved Him at His heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And again, repeating myself this morning, but grace is only found through the sacrifice. Grace is not because of what I do. Grace is God at work in me and through me to build an ark as He did Noah if my faith is in the sacrifice. If my faith, the day that I move my faith from the sacrifice to words that I speak, word of faith, folk, to programs that I get in and now I'm trusting on the Emmaus walk, the government of 12, the, the promise keeper, anything, any golden calf that I'm saying, yeah, the cross and this. No, there is no and this. I eliminate myself from God at work. He does not just work anyway. The book of Galatians refutes that, that we can fall from grace. That means the place God functions and works in our lives if we're trusting in anything other than Calvary. Galatians 5, 1 through 4, Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. We fall from that. It didn't say you lose your soul, but you fall from the place God works. Because God only works. That means He only gives grace. Grace is God working. He only gives us that grace through the death of Christ our faith in the death of God. Can I tell you, the blood of Jesus is powerless over your life. It has no power without your faith in that shed blood. The death of Jesus, the preaching of that is the power of God. But for you to have that power, your faith must be in that. Amen. I've said many times, people could have been standing at the cross and Jesus' blood could have squirted over on them. That meant absolutely nothing. Because it's by grace what he was doing, what he was actually doing there through faith. Amen. Not faith in not even faith in the word outside of the wrong context. And the proper context 
the Bible tells us what the proper context is. And you know, it's it's righteousness. And that ought that ought to see. All these lies and, and things that keeps the church deceived about, that's just your interpretation. How many of you ever heard that? Well, that's just the way you see it. That's the way you guys interpret Scriptures. And I don't really mess with the Bible because you know everybody's got their own interpretation. Can I tell you this morning, nobody has a right to their own interpretation. It's not... Listen, the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. He's the only one that can interpret the Bible and He only imparts the words of righteousness to those who have their faith in the only avenue through which it comes. Grace, and that being the death of Christ. Glory to God. This will make a mummy shout this morning. So, finding grace, really finding that which God does, the avenue through which He works, in the eyes of the Lord. And I love this scripture. I've quoted it for years and it's becoming more and more. God's opening my eyes to it more and more even as we speak this morning. Psalms 32 and 8. He says, the Lord says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you shall go. I will guide you with my eye. Think about that. Well, how does God guide us with His eye? He guides us in in the way that He sees best for us. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He was leading Noah with his eye. The way he sees. And the way God sees is only in grace. That ushers righteousness into our lives because without righteousness... We can't be saved. You had to be righteous, declared righteous by God to be justified. And it's the righteous work of Christ that allowed God to declare you righteous because you believed from the heart that work of righteousness by Christ. Not something you did. That's self-righteousness. That's got a big ticket in hell for everybody. Amen. So... I wanted to share that. That's good stuff. I will instruct you. That means all instruction is in the way God sees. Not what you think. Not your own interpretation. And let's get this straight. And I know there's not very many people that listen to me. Our ministry's not that big. But thank God for there being a few of you who are getting blessed. And I mean tremendously, me, hugely blessed in studying this. And, And we need to know this, that if He's going to instruct you and He's going to teach you, it's going to be in His way. Remember Psalms 147.17, The Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. Now think about this. My interpretation of Scriptures means nothing unless it's God's interpretation of Scriptures. And God's interpretation, that means the avenue through which we interpret the Bible, God tells us it's righteousness. Amen. Y'all hear that rain outside? It's raining in here too, glory to God. The interpretation, the revelation, the illumination of God's Word is Jesus. He's the living Word. He's our Lord of righteousness. And our, but here's the thing, church. Your faith is not in Jesus any longer if it's not in the cross. 
The people who blatantly teach today that Church of Christ, uh, I hate to even call it a, a denomination because I'm not even sure it's a part of the church that says you got to be water baptized in their church and their denomination, they call it, to go to heaven. And if you're not water baptized, you're not saved. And they teach that it's not by faith alone because they're not understanding the Scriptures in their proper interpretation. Amen, Brother Curtis. See, I don't mind calling folks out. Listen, you got to get mad before you get glad. And if folks aren't confronted and told they're wrong, then how are they ever going to think they're not right? No, they're not. Know that they're wrong. Mm. So, uh, let's turn to Genesis 18 this morning. I'll turn there with you in my big old Schofield Bible. Genesis 18, and let's look here at verse 17. This is right before God's getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says in verse 17 of Genesis 18, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing, here God is seeing again. I like it. God sees your faith being legitimate when it's in the sacrifice of Christ. Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him, because... (laughs) But God says, because I know him, that he will command after him, that they shall keep the way Remember, Psalms 145.17, the Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. Now watch this. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice, which means righteousness and justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which He has spoken of him. Did you get that? God knows those He sees those whose faith is legitimately in the sacrifice today refuting all other things that men offer and those are the only ones that are teaching their children, training them up in the way they should go which is not a church building but it is in the way of righteousness in which all of God's ways are found. He knows that your children... That's why He can promise you that if you train your children up in the way, that they won't depart from it. That, that, this is powerful this morning. If you train your children up in the way that God works, they're not going to depart from it. But if you raise them up in some church or some denomination, oh, they're going to depart from that. And even if they don't, they still don't have anything. They're still not walking with God. And I'm not saying that you can't walk with God inside of a denomination. I'm telling you that they will keep you bound to some degree from trusting God in the way you should be. There's something in all those places that's hindering the work of God. Mm -hmm. Amen. So watch this now. I like this verse 19, because I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, that they shall keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, judgment, that the Lord 
which he has spoken of him. Not that Abraham may go and do it all and make it happen, but that the Lord... See, the Lord has to do in your life what, he, what, what His plan consists of for you. You don't... But Abraham had his faith in that one thing that allowed God to declare this over him, which was the sacrifice. Think about that. James 2.23 says, And the Scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Now I'm going to say something to you this morning. Hope you didn't bring a rock. If you do, I hope it's too heavy to throw this morning. But being a friend to God, righteousness is included in that. Righteousness is a part of being a friend of God. The, the only reason God could call Abraham a friend is because his faith was in the sacrifice and Abram, because of that faith, God would be able to perform in and through him His will. That means, yes, Abraham would do. Abraham would do. Let me say it again. Abraham would do the will of God by the Spirit of God leading him through faith in the sacrifice. Because it's not those that say, Lord, those who do the will of God. But we do the will of God by the Spirit of God. You, you can't separate those things. This is, this is good this morning. But doing the will of God is what allows God, and I'm talking, listen, I got to keep saying it because somebody could just turn me on right now and hear me. You can't do the will of God without the Holy Spirit, who is God. And He own and all, listen, all His ways are righteous, and all His works are holy. The Holy Spirit only does a holy work. The Holy Spirit only performs a righteous work. But you must submit. You must humbly accept the cross as the object of your faith and then the Holy Spirit can strengthen you. Look, the righteous, but because your faith is in that which is already declaring you righteous and allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work in and through you to bear forth the righteousness of Christ. Not the righteousness of what you're doing. All the works are created in Christ Jesus and we're called to walk in them. But they're not our, and they're considered our works, but only <clears throat> rightly so because He is working in and through us. So let me say this again. Walking in the place of righteousness, being led of the Spirit in the path of righteousness, <coughs> is experiencing friendship with God. Had to take a water break there for a minute. Being led of God by the Spirit of God 
in which He will only lead you and guide you in the path of righteousness. That means according to the Word in its righteous context, which always points you to Calvary, and there your faith is legitimate. There you can be taught the Word of God. There you can hear God properly. There you can follow the leading of the Lord properly. And there, my friend, you can experience friendship with God. Outside of that, you cannot... Yes, He has befriended all of us. But listen to what Jesus taught to confirm this in many years later after Abraham when Jesus came in John 15 and 14. You are my friends, Jesus declares, if you do whatsoever I command you. Not if you tell me you're going to and then don't do it. You're my friends if you do whatever I command you to do. We've been commanded to go to church, be a part of worship services, to edify, to to sit under the preaching and the equipping for the work of the ministry. We've been commanded to bring tithes and offerings. No, it's not law. We're already saved outside of the law in Christ, but now we've got the Word of God that gives us commands to live by according to the direction to take. All God's words are in righteousness. They're truth. And when we're humbly accepting God knows best and hears His Word, if your faith is actually in the cross, you have a desire to obey God. Not, not try to get out of living for God. Try to get out of obeying. How much, just how much sin can I get away with? I'm not sure about folk like that. The best I can say is that they don't understand what they have and they have absolutely no idea what it means to live for God. The worst I can say is maybe that they don't even know the Lord. There are many people sitting in churches today that do not know the Lord. They just kind of joined on board because they got sick of that old life that was horrible and embarrassing them all the time. So they just kind of joined in a crowd. And you know, the Bible says there are tares all among the wheat. But I'm not the judge, praise God. I'm not going to make them stand up and leave the church because I, I, listen, I'm just preaching the truth. But I want you to get this as we're running out of time. We've got about three minutes. But I wanted to close with this where we are right here today. I'm glad y'all didn't hold me up and keep me from getting here. But being in the experience of friendship with the Lord. You're not because you say you are. You're not even saved because you say you are. You're saved because your faith is in the blood of Jesus. Not 40 years ago... You can be saved because your faith was there 40 years ago, don't get me wrong, but the experience of that salvation, that sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit today is not going to be experienced unless your faith is in the cross alone. You say the cross and my water baptism, the cross and the purpose, the cross and anything eliminates you from grace because your faith is no longer right. It was right when you got saved and God saw it and He saved you. God saw that you found grace to save in His eyes when you put your faith in Christ. He saved you. And it never stops working that same way. I'm sorry, preacher. If you're not preaching the cross, you're you're preaching psychology. 
And just because you're hearing preachers like me and other preachers preaching what we're preaching in this last great reformation we're having before Christ returns, and you start mentioning the cross, well, I praise God, maybe you're on your way to really preaching the Scriptures in their righteous context. People don't need to hear our opinions and what other men have written down through the the ages about uh, opinions about how to keep a marriage together and how to raise children. Everything we need is right here in the Word of God, but outside of the context of Calvary, it won't work. It's a two-edged sword that's either going to conform you into the image of Christ or it's going to slay you. So as we've got about one minute, let me say it again, the experience of friendship with the Lord is found as we're led by Him, by His Spirit, in the path of righteousness, which only takes place when my faith is in the sacrifice. You need to read that scripture in Genesis again. The very picture and, 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 and experience of Abraham can be ours, but ours is like to greater degree because we have the Holy Spirit who never leaves us now. Amen. And, and Abraham, yes, he saw Jesus' day. Jesus declared that. But you and I are walking in the light. Now Abraham, even though he was blessed in all that he had and all that he did, he was blessed, but he was still under law. He still was only a type and a shadow. You and I walk in the light as the Lord walks in the light with us, as He is the light. I hope you've been encouraged today. I hope you've heard some things that will make you think and get in the Word of God. I hope you have heard uh, something that will trigger you know, something in you to cause you to get in the Word of God. You need to be in the Bible. There's you're going to find your answer if you find Jesus. If you find Jesus. God bless you. We love you. Don't forget, next Friday morning will be part four right here on God's righteousness. And until then, stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Praise God.